Chris Akonis back here with Rutgers men's lacrosse head coach Brian Brecht as the Scarlet Knights gear up for a game against number one Maryland this Sunday. Coach, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate the time. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. So as you finish up your game week prep uh, leading up into the Maryland game on Sunday, how do you feel overall about where your team is prep-wise? Uh, you know, I, I think the last couple of weeks uh, we've had, uh, you know, great practices, great meetings and films, and, uh, you know, certainly we've had some good results on game day. So, um, you know, we're not exactly finished with our prep uh, right now, but uh, with the Sunday game we still have another uh, day to, you know, take care of some things and understanding what we need to do to have success. And uh, uh, But we're, we're on the – you know, we're on a good track right now, and uh, the guys have been uh, focused and um, you know locked in for what we need to do to have success. Team is off to a ten to one start this year, best in program history, and currently sitting at number three in the national rankings heading into the Maryland game. Why has this team been able to maintain their success uh, heading into Big Ten play? What do you think the key to that is? Well, like I said earlier, I think we've gotten better. Uh, you know, each week of the season, I think we're, you know, extremely focused and, uh, you know, drilling a lot harder, uh, you know, and preparing for our opponents. And, you know, I think we have a lot of older guys that have, you know, uh, you know, had some success and uh, have uh, you know, played in big games. And I think that's uh, being passed on to the younger guys and, you know, throughout the fall and, you know, uh, the early part of this season, um, you know, maybe uh, we didn't start off as, as strong and as focused as we needed to. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, we also want to start, getting better and, and peaking uh, and being the best version of us at the end of the year, not the beginning of the year. So uh, they've, they've handled a lot of challenges. Um, you know, they've, uh, they've got off to a good start and uh, we need to keep on handling those challenges. And this, this weekend is going to be a, a big one uh, on Sunday night. So uh, we'll be tested and uh, uh, hopefully we're a, a week better from last week and, um, you know, ready to go. Statistically, there are a few similarities between what your team brings to the table and what uh, the Terrapins brings to the table, high scoring attack, uh, a lot of different guys that can score in, in large numbers, two elite goalkeepers. Uh, do you see any similarities with the way your team plays to how Maryland plays? And how does that sort of play into your prep? I think there are, um, you know, so uh, you know, that's why it's going to be a, a big, uh, a big game for us, a big challenge and a, a measuring stick. So uh, uh, um, this is the, the one game in conference that has eluded a, a lot of our players there in the locker room right now. And, uh, what a great opportunity on uh, Sunday night to um, you know have a chance to see uh, you know how good we are. We're speaking with Rutgers men's lacrosse head coach Brian Brecht as the Scarlet Knights get set for a matchup with number one Maryland in College Park this Sunday. Your attack, as I alluded to before, is five players with 20 or more goals uh, through 11 games this year. Leading scorer is Ross Scott with 30 goals. Having seen him work his way into the attack over the previous two years uh, with a lot of very talented attackers, Kieran Mullins, Adam Charlambides, uh, and the like. Why do you think he was able to really break out this year? Well, I think, you know, internally, I think uh, the coaching staff and, uh, and his teammates have seen the abilities that he's had from uh, from day one when he stepped on campus. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, it's more of a, a credit to him and some of the other players of uh, the versatility and, um, you know, give uh, you know Coach Sermon a lot of uh, credit for being able to put guys in position to play to their strengths. So, uh, you know, we needed him as a midfielder, you know, the last two years. Uh, to be able to you know um, handle the ball and uh, and do some things for us offensively from uh, above the cage, you know when you have you know Connor Kirst and Kieran Mullins and Adam Shaw and Beatties and and the likes of those uh, over the last couple of years that we've had. So and now with those guys graduating, um, you know just uh, having the ball in his stick more below the cage has certainly uh, helped the the guys that he's playing with now uh, to gel and uh, play to their strengths. 
With your other top goal scorers mainly coming through the transfer portal, how much of a leadership role has Ross had to take on uh, as one of the main returning guys on that side of the ball? You know, he's our leading goal scorer right now, uh, but uh, you know Ryan Gallagher's a two-time captain and uh, you know uh, you know a starter for us in every game that he's played in so far. He's certainly uh, you know uh, the leader of the of the offense. And Shane Knobloch coming back uh, after his freshman year, uh, and, and definitely uh, you know very thankful for uh, the contributions of uh, you know Ronan Jacoby, Mitch uh, Bartolo, and, and Brian Cameron. But uh, I'm seeing a lot of development from uh, um, you know. You know, uh, Amon and Tereski the the last couple weeks, and uh, you know Mike Sanguinetti's been a steady, you know, solid contributor, you know, at the midfield for the last two years. And uh, you know, we need all those guys uh, to gel and play to each other's strengths and play off each other for us to have success. I think the, you know, the you know the one thing that uh you know uh, you know Ross has been able to do is you know I really think that he's done a great job of uh, you know stepping up his leadership uh, role on the team uh, in. Uh, in conjunction with Gallagher, uh, mainly because of the student of the game he was the last couple of years. I mean, he's really, uh, you know, uh, spent a lot of time with Kieran Mullins and, and Adam Schoenbeides, and I think that that has paid off for him to, you know, kind of emerge not only on the field as a player, but also, you know, in the locker room as a leader and someone that the guys, uh, you know, feed off of and, and go to for advice and, and uh, communication. One area uh, of improvement that you touched on needing to improve after the Hopkins game was in holding on to the ball. Uh, you know, you point out that there were eight turnovers in the third quarter of that game, and that sort of slowed down what you could do on the attacking side. Uh, from what you saw in that game and, you know, in practice this week, uh, how do you ensure a clean passing game uh, throughout against Maryland on Sunday? Yeah, you know, and I don't think it was uh, it was a, a physical uh, you know, stick work thing. I think it was more of a just a decision making. Uh, you know, when you when you get up and you have a big lead, maybe you uh, you, you take a, you assume a little bit more risk uh, and try to force some things uh, that maybe aren't there. And uh, I think uh, uh, you know our success has been you know uh, when it's easy, when it comes easy, and uh, there's not a lot of thinking, and you just can play and be routine and in in uh, uh, the way you go about. Uh, going through your checks, uh, you know we've been, you know, come out of the gates and uh, we've extended leads. So uh, when you're playing against the, you know, the number one team in the country like Maryland on Sunday, we're going to have to, you know, be be strong with the ball in our stick. We have to make good decisions. We have to, you know, play off each other well. But uh, it's the decision making and uh, and being able to, you know, understand, you know, uh, when we have the ball, we're in control and and to take care of the ball. You know, make sure it's. Uh, you know, clean and, um, you know, you know, win or draw mentality. You know, we want to have success. We want to score goals. We want to get opportunities uh, that are good looks for us. But uh, we also, when we have the ball, we're in control. So if it doesn't happen right away, you know, just, uh, you know, go through your checks and, you know, play to the second level. From a face-off standpoint, what does Jonathan DeHenio have to do to get off to a strong start in this game, uh, you know, facing off someone like uh, Luke Wehrman, who has won 66% of his draws on the year? How do you see that matchup playing up, and what does Jonathan have to do to be successful on Sunday? Yeah, I think they're, they're all going to be games within the game. You know, um, you know, we're, we're going to have our, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be tested and, and challenged uh, defensively and as a program uh you know, going on the road against the number one team, and and, and John's certainly going to be tested individually with his matchup uh, and how well they they've done facing off. So uh, I think you know John is a uh, you know uh, proven that uh, you know he's he's grown as a faceoff guy, and the one thing that uh, is the intangible that uh, that I've always liked about his game is that he is so athletic and skillful that even if the faceoff doesn't go um, you know cleanly the the way we like it to go stat wise, you know uh, he makes so many plays outside of just the face-off dot 
that allows us to have success and and to get the ball back and the push transition. So um, you know, I think he's a he's a threat in a, in a couple different areas uh, off the ground and and uh, in transition. Um, and we're just going to have to you know use him uh, the best we can, uh, not only facing off, but you know after the face off to you know maybe uh, you know have a little more success in uh, what we need to do. Your defense has held both of your Big Ten opponents to several goals under their averages. Uh, why has that unit been so effective against conference opponents? And, uh, you know, just what, what do you think the key to that success has been? I, I think a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, you know, extremely veteran unit. Um, you know, a lot of it, uh, big game experience with, uh, you know, Colin Kirst and Jared Jean Felix, Bobby Russo, Ethan Rawl. Our short stick D middies uh, are all returning experienced guys. And, uh, uh, once again, I think they've gotten better as the as the years going on. You know, uh, Coach Ryan has done a great job uh, of developing them. Number one, but number two, you know, putting them uh, in a position to be successful in, in game planning the last couple of weeks. So, you know, certainly, uh, you know, proud of what they've accomplished so far. You know, we're we're, we're not close to you know being finished with uh, what we need to do uh, moving forward, and uh, we're going to be tested uh, on both ends of the field this weekend. So, uh, this is this is why you come to Rutgers. This is why you. You know, uh, you prepare and you practice so much to play in these big games, um, you know, on the big stage, on national television against, you know, top the top rank uh, teams and opponents. And, you know, the Big Ten does that you know, week in and week out. So uh, uh, we're off to a good start. And, uh, you know, we're uh, going to see where we are, uh, you know, after this weekend. Really appreciate you coming on for a few minutes with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Rutgers men's lacrosse head coach Brian Brecht. Scarl Knights are in College Park on Sunday to take on the Maryland Terrapins, number one team in the country. Rutgers coming in at number three. We'll take a short break and come back with more. This is the WRSU crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.